Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. My name is Brittany, and I'm going to be your host. The Elevate Podcast is for young Christian women wanting to grow in Christ and hear the raw truth of how that plays into everyday life. Here at the Elevate Podcast, we will have conversations that are made to boost your mood, motivate you, and spark self-growth. So welcome, sister. I am so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the Elevate Podcast. This week, I wanted to just give you the story of Jesus and the birth of Jesus Um, in lieu of Christmas. Today is Christmas Eve. I am hoping that you guys have had a really special day. Hopefully, you're able to go to church or tune into church. Um, If not, um, hopefully, you can at least, you know, listen to this podcast to get a little bit of insight. Um, So I have to be honest with you guys. I used to hate Christmas. I know that sounds so terrible and it sounds even worse to say. Um, But I think just like growing up, um, I just didn't like it as much. And I think a big thing was um, we didn't really have a big family. And um, let's be honest, I was just a selfish little kid um, growing up, especially like in middle school and high school. And so you know, my whole mindset around Christmas was presents, right? And and so I had the whole the whole entirely wrong mindset and heart about it. And so, you know, I found myself very uh, angry Christmas times because our Christmas didn't look like other families' Christmas sometimes, um, which is ridiculous, right? And I think about it now and I'm like, wow, how how ridiculous was I when I was younger because we had a roof over our heads and we had food and we had presents and we had a family to celebrate with. And that was glorious enough, but let alone all of those things. Christmas isn't even about the presents. It's not about all those little things that I was so worried about. It's it's about celebrating the birth of Jesus, right? And And this is so exciting. And I think that we forget a lot of times what the meaning of Christmas truly is. And I really wanted to to create a podcast about that because I wanted to challenge myself to learn about it. And I also wanted to share with other people, you know, just the story of Jesus and, and, and really just to hear it and hear it for what the Bible says. And also some information that I didn't even know about, which I wanted to share with you that I've learned recently that I thought was pretty cool. Um, so anyway, I want to put your mind, you know, in the place that it was back in the day. I'm thinking, you know, back when they're waiting for Jesus, it's kind of a lot like how we are now, how we're living our lives, waiting for him to come back. Right. And so it was like that for them too. And they're going about their lives. Everything's about the same. They're working, they're praying, they're celebrating Shabbat, which is the Sunday, um, ritual where they stay at home all day and honor God. Um, and they have dinner and, you know, they're just praying and waiting and living and just waiting for Jesus. Just like we are now we're praying, we're waiting, we're living and we're waiting for Jesus to return. We're worshiping God for what he's done in our lives. And we're patient, right? Because we don't know when Jesus is coming back. It can happen any day. And the same thing was happening for them. They had these old Testament prophecies that were telling them, you know, things that were going to happen in the future and preparing them for this to happen. Um, And one of those was the promise um, for John the Baptist to come. 
So in Malachi, it actually talks about um, on John the Baptist coming, but in Malachi, it didn't say John the Baptist specifically. They actually used, let me pull it up here. Um, They actually used the name. Hold on, I want to read it for you guys verbatim. I have a lot of things tabbed, so bear with me here. Um, So, here we go. In Malachi 4, the last few lines, they say, See, I will send... This is um, Malachi 4, 5. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. So in Malachi, they're telling us they're going to send a prophet Elijah before the day of the Lord. So they're telling us in advance that someone's going to be coming to pave the way for Jesus, right? And if we turn over to the New Testament in Matthew, we can see that this is exactly what's going to happen with John the Baptist. And it wasn't until later on that they realized they were talking about John the Baptist. It's actually Matthew 17 that they realize, um, I'll pull it up here. On Matthew 17, verses um, pretty much 9 through 13, um, Jesus is talking to them, saying in verse 11, To be sure, Elijah comes and res- will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. So John the Baptist... I think this is important to the story of Jesus because it's, it's it's a prophecy that was fulfilled to show that that the Old Testament was factual and true and, and exactly what was going to happen in the future. And so John the Baptist was the sign that many people missed and many people didn't see that was actually saying, hey, uh, Jesus is coming. And he, John the Baptist, actually went out and professed repentance and said, you need to repent. Jesus is coming. And a lot of people missed this. They didn't like it. They put him in jail. Um, and they weren't, and they did not enjoy the way that John the Baptist reacted, but he did live quite a while. I mean, obviously we know that he baptized Jesus later on, but anyway, so John the Baptist is, is there. He's He got the, the sign that he needed to share, um, that Jesus was coming and that he was preaching repentance, right? So then I'm going to turn over to Luke, right at the beginning of Luke. I think Luke is one of my favorite gospels because I think it's just so in depth. Um, But we'll flip over to the beginning of Luke and we will learn a little bit about the story of Jesus. So if you go into the introduction and then move on to chapter to verse five, it talks about the birth of John the Baptist foretold, which is what I just told you guys. Um, And they were telling them that he was coming. And if you move on to verse 26, we're going to start reading from there. The birth of Jesus foretold in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man, Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at this words and his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favor with God. 
you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So Mary gets this this word from an angel saying, Hey, uh, you're going to have a baby without without sex and he's gonna and you're gonna name him Jesus. And she's just like, What's this makes no sense. I'm confused. But then she obviously says, I am the Lord's servant, may your word to me be fulfilled. And she agrees. As if she has a choice, of course, but she agrees, okay, this is gonna happen. Now I have to prepare for this. So then Mary vis- visits Elizabeth um, to talk to her about, you know, how she was she was having trouble conceiving, and then now she was in her sixth month. And then um, Mary reminds her that, hey, this this angel came up to me to say that this was happening. And even in verse forty one, it says, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about this. You know, the angel tells Mary, you're going to have this baby. The Holy Spirit is going to give you this child. And as soon as she goes up to Elizabeth, who is also pregnant with John the Baptist, um, the baby leaps in his womb, like literally leaps because he's in the presence of God, right? And and I feel like that's such a testament to even to kids in general with with how close to God they really are, and they just know, and this baby knew. And John the Baptist had such a special relationship with Jesus and and for Jesus' purpose that it's it was just it's just awesome that the Bible mentions that he leaps in the womb at that, and that was such a special moment. Um, but moving on through Luke, John the Baptist was born, um, and then well, obviously it talks about Mary's song. John the Baptist was born. And moving on, there's Zachariah's song, which I want to read because I think it's kind of important um, as to what's going on to happen with Jesus being born. So um, in verse 67, I'm still in Luke 1, it says, His father Zechariah, which he's talking about John the Baptist's father, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in the darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel." 
All right, chapter two, the birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise a child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. So this is just such a special moment and story where Jesus was born. They had to have him born in a manger. And I I remember in church once the pastor just mentioned, you know, Jesus was truly born among his people. I mean, he is the Messiah. He is the son of man. And and he was born just as we're born, you know, from from as a baby growing up and in a manger in the middle of a um in the middle of Nazareth. So this is just super super special because, you know, it just shows that God that God sent his son for us as people. It wasn't like he came down and was like the king of America and, you know, shining armor and everything like that. I mean, he truly came to be on the same line as us. He didn't come royalty. He didn't come with tons of money. He came as just a regular person, just as we all are. Um, and if you look back in... Matthew, um, let's go to the beginning of Matthew. It talks about how the Magi visits the Messiah. So the Magi is basically the people say the three kings, right? But actually, I have this awesome study Bible that reminds us um, that the mat, the three gifts perhaps gave rise to the legend that there were three wise men, but the Bible does actually not indicate the number of the Magi, and they were almost certainly not kings. <laughs> so um, these Magi, we'll read here, um, hear about this, this birth, they see the star, which is 
prophesied to show that the birth of Jesus has ha- happened. So they see this star and they realize, okay, we need to go. We need to go find the Messiah because he has been born. And something that I literally just learned last night, which was so interesting to me, um, was that they did not get to Jesus until he was two years old. I know. So all of the times that you hear people singing and, and worshiping about about the three kings and, and coming to Jesus' manger, they actually didn't. They In the Bible, it talks about how the Magi meets them at their house. Um, so right here on Matthew 2, let's see, 9. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So the reason I say that it took them two years is because it actually talks about in the Bible, in a couple of different places, in Luke, it talks about how she gave birth and it was in a manger, um, Luke 2.7. And then if you go back into Matthew, um, Matthew 2.11, like I just read to you, it talks about they came to a house to meet Jesus. Um, and then if you go on um, into later on to Matthew 2, chapter, or sorry, verse 16, it talks about when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. So these Magi, basically, I, I feel like I'm saying it wrong. And if I am, I am super sorry. Um, but they they found Jesus, right? And then they, Her, King Herod heard about this. And he didn't know where he was, but clearly he knew that, or we speculate that he was two years old at least. So they, they're going back in time. The Magi are saying the King Herod wants the Magi to tell them, when did you see the star? And they're saying, oh, it was two years ago. So two years, they believe that Jesus is at least at, at most two years or younger. And that's why King Herod is telling them, kill all the two-year-olds and under according to the time which he had determined for the Magi. And at the same time, um, Joseph, Jesus' father, had a, God came to him in a dream and told them to flee and told them to go to Egypt. And so Jesus wasn't in the area at this time, and so they were safe. And so obviously that was the plan, right? But it just kind of is funny because I think a lot of people think that the three kings, if they were even three of them, were right there at the manger as soon as Jesus was born. But that's not true at all. It actually took them, we speculate, two years to get there. And I just thought that was really interesting information. Um, And my friend sent me this really funny picture today. Um, that I thought was really funny. I wanted to share with you guys just a little bit of Christian humor. Um, It said, if the story was told with three wise women, they would have asked for directions, arrived on time, delivered the baby, brought practical gifts, cleaned the stable, and made dinner, and still made time for peace on earth. I thought that was funny because, you know, women, we like to be prompt and, and clean and do all those things. But anyway, so moving back 
on to, I'm going to lost my page in Luke. No. Okay. So Jesus is circumcised. He's called Jesus and they, um, here we go. Okay. So after that happens on the eighth day, Jesus is then presented into the temple. They, so, um, Luke 22, when the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male, firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simon took him in his arms, praising God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. So this Christmas, I just really hope that you you know, put back in tune with what the meaning behind Christmas is, and it's the birth of Jesus. And and Christmas, December 25th, is the speculated time that Jesus was born, and that is why we celebrate Christmas for that reason, because Jesus paid the ultimate price for every single one of us, for you included. And if that's not a reason to praise him, then I don't know what is. Jesus was born to us, and it was truly the most incredible time in the world. I can't even imagine being a part of that and being able to walk with Jesus, but being able to know now that that happened and being able to have the Bible to be able to look back and listen to the story is equally as amazing. And Jesus is our Savior. He's our Messiah. And as long as we profess Him as as such and believe that he died for our sins, we will be saved, right? So this is a glorious time. It's a special time. And if you're like me, who's kind of a Grinch and I don't like Christmas music, then I challenge you as much as I'm challenging myself to throw on that Christmas music and praise God for who he is and his son that he gave us. Because, you know, even though some Christmas music is a little bit cringy, most of it is for a good reason. And Christmas is a time to celebrate and um, that is just something that I wanted to share with you guys. Not the best story. I'm not a pastor or a storyteller. I'm just reading through the Bible and different things I've been finding. And I wanted to just share the simple story of what had happened, 
how Mary had the, the angel come to her, how John the Baptist paved the way, and even how they got out of, um, out of the area to go to Egypt because of a dream that Joseph had that, and to ensure that Jesus would be saved. I think it just goes to show that there's always going to be trials and tribulations in our lives. Even Jesus had to face many, many, many of them, even from the time he was born. And, and God made a way, right? And I think that's such an awesome testimony as well to share with you guys. So anyway, thank you for listening. Happy Christmas Eve or Merry Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a wonderful day with your families, with those around you. If you're military like me, bless your heart. I know that you're probably not at home. Thank you for your service. And no matter where you are around the world, if you are professing Christian, then Merry Christmas to you. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful holiday. Thank you guys so much for tuning in yet again. I am so happy that you have chosen to listen to my podcast today. I hope that you've gotten so much good information from it. If you want to share with a friend, please do tag me on social media. I would love to shout you out and just let me know what you thought. I will talk to you guys soon.